1918, the year the world changed. From the diaries of Lady Mary Monkswell of Beminster. Part 1. Prisoners in Beminster, U-Boat of Chiddock and the Great Blackberry Pick. Nineteen eighteen has been a year that none who have lived through it will forget. A time when peace was regained after a war more terrible than any before it. My name is Mary Monkswell, Lady Monkswell of Beminster, and looking back through my diary for nineteen eighteen, I'd like to share with you my jottings about these extraordinary times. The year started cold but sunny, second of january nineteen eighteen. My son Robert went with me to Mr Lee and we got the sugar ration straight. Walked up White Sheet Hill with my youngest son Eric and Miss Mills. A world bathed in golden haze, delicious air. Tea with Eric, niece Frances and funny baby Hugh. Thursday the 3rd of January. Ran over to Woodswater and found my nieces, Frances and Ethel, with Frances' husband, Cosmo, and friend Angus, just starting for a trip to Maiden Castle. Archaeological. I walked with Eric and others to Slape, home alone via Parnham. Returned through dark starlight. Wondered why I was not frightened. <laughs> Splendid Venus. Saturday, 5th of January. A steeplechase walk with Mr Kit. Got over the stream below Knoll Farm, saw plovers and heard their cry. Ethel to lunch. We talk of war conditions and her own work in navy camouflage. At Shipness, she plants and tends the gardens and drives and cleans the car. One day they saw ten great liners filled with Americans go past between them and Aaron. Other great ships are constantly going by. Francis to tea and Mr Kit. Cosmo nearly as worn out as Robert. Pretty sure he is not to be sent abroad. Sunday, 27th of January. Beminster Red Cross Working Party. Mrs Partridge collected 224 and made and sent 1,911 garments. Pretty good, I think. Monday the 28th. To see Dor. Small meeting about the two old Belgians now removed to Paynton, the last of the 13 we have supported since the Great Flight in September 1914. Rumours of air raid. One gother shot down by Sopwith camels over Essex. Wednesday, February the 27th. In perfect simplicity, and not wishing to say anything blasphemous, the German prisoner said, God is on our side, but you have the Americans. Friday, March the 1st, 1918. Letter from tea merchant Young that the country is packed with tea. No anxiety for us. Sent some tea to dear Mrs Kitt and ordered six pounds for her from old Young. Saturday the 9th of March. Sale of war bonds. 100 million asked for, and more than 138 million subscribed. In Bridport, 
15,000 were asked for on Monday and by Tuesday 29,000 were received and by Saturday 68,500 pounds. Sunday the 10th of March. Striking account from France's of war bond sale at the tank in Trafalgar Square. No dignity at all, more like a fair. Immense shabby crowd lined up to pay in their savings to help their country. All to the strains of an inferior band. What a scene. Total, 138 million. Saturday the 16th of March. A new walk. Bridport Road to Beach Avenue through Meadows to top of Down Over Slape. Down to Orchard Farm where a strapping girl with fierce dark eyes and cheeks like cherries let one through the farm. March 19th. 1918. Extraordinary emotion. Some 25 German prisoners marched into Brooklyn's opposite. Of all ages, in their shabby grey uniforms. Guard of five Tommies with fixed bayonets. I went down the road just as they came up. Feminine crowd, but no groaning. March the 21st, 1918. The result of the U-boat destruction to Allies, Neutrals and ourselves. Out of 33 million tonnes of merchant shipping, two and a half million have been sunk. This means eight in a hundred, or one in thirteen. Put plainly, not nearly as bad as I'd expected. To Mrs Dyers, as far as Parnham Down with Robert and Lorna, met Mrs Pitt Rivers, Lady Avesbury's sister-in-law. She was in coat and boots, landwoman's costume, becoming and suitable. Heard of dear, beautiful Eric Lubbock's heroic death last year. Airman. March 22nd. German prisoners in Mrs Pinney's house, in spite of her. She came here and poured out to Robert, half crazy. To Parnham. White magnolias, lovely. Inhabitants sad and very dull. Old Red Camellia came out. 84 enemy machines destroyed to 27 of ours. Very fine, hot. At the time you can force yourself to do anything. Robert's food was once brought to him when shells were flying and he was in the open. He decided to finish before moving under cover. When he got up to move, he found it had affected him a good deal. He found himself half paralysed. 30th of the 4th of 1918. Letter from 415107R Burt, Robert's former batman. Injured and working at an aerodrome in the rear. My, My lord. lord. Pleased to have your letter, letter today. today. But sorry to hear your lordship is not improving much. Well, my lord, there is no doubt. Active service takes it out of you. When one has had over two years and a half of it, it takes its toll. I close hoping that your lordship will soon be better. Your, your obedient, obedient servant, Arbert. May the 10th, 1918. At 1am, 1 the old vindictive, 6,000 tonnes filled with concrete 
was forced into Ostend Harbour and sunk. Another Zeebrugge 17 days ago. Engineer Lieutenant Commander Berry severely wounded. Commander Godsell killed. May the 10th, 1918. <clears throat> At 1am, the old vindictive, 6,000 tonnes filled with concrete, was forced into Ostend Harbour and sunk. Engineer Lieutenant Commander Berry severely wounded. Commander Godsell killed. Lieutenant Crutchley finished the vindictive's position across the canal and fired the charges that sunk her. The lieutenants on the motor launches that saved the crew of the vindictive were G.H. Drummond and Bork. June the 6th, 1918. Field of hay carried. Went to Mrs. Bartlett about donkey for Lorna. Enemy at the Marne, but held firmly there. U-boats spotted on the American coast. It stirs them up. June the 8th, 1918. Came here to Chiddock a fortnight today. Watched an airship pass close. Lorna waved to it. It hung over bay all p.m. Seaplanes came up from both sides, also destroyers. Great firing about 11 p.m. Did they get a U-boat? I think so. 19th of August, 1918. Arranged a glass bowl with clematis, maiden hair and geraniums for the Women's Institute summer show. Lovely. For which they sent me a highly commended. Round by Poorstock. Summer beauty and new cornfields standing thick with sheaves. 20th of August, 1918. News good. To Mrs Pinney, she sent dogcart for me. High-bred hunter who did not care about harness had to be led up drive. I scrambled in and took reins and the groom climbed in somehow when we started. <laughs> it's exciting. The news of our advance on the Western Front is so good that we feel the dawn is indeed breaking. Excellent letter from Lord Hugh Cecil, uh, MP for Oxford University, about dictating the peace. I took Gertrude to Strode Manor in Hunt's governess cart and saw the dear Riles from Parnham settled in their new home, 450 foot above the sea. A delicious home where, in spite of health, war and many other drawbacks, Anne has laid out for herself and the children a happy life. August 27th, 1918. I took my khaki scarf I had knitted to Mrs Partridge, who collects for the Red Cross. Found their large son, Major P, and wife. He presently relaxed and told most interesting details of his job at Rouen, a working camp of 4,000 Bosch under 80 guards and barbed wire. Every sort of trade is represented. Says they are much better taught than our own people. Alarmingly thorough. Also that they are great liars and unashamed when found out. His words brought it all before me. 29th of August, 1918 called on Drysdale, found handsome girl Stella D digging her potatoes in farm workers' clothes. She does the whole garden herself. Immense number of flowers for their seed and the bun rabbits for food. Wartime. September the 3rd, 1918. Had the welcome news that son Eric has a temporary job at the Admiralty under Aylmer Digby and is most delighted to be at work. Also, 
good news of the Hindenburg Line. Drocourt-Crayon pierced yesterday. Walk to Barrowfield Farm. Saw Mrs Pyle, three boys, lots of butter. Met Mr Lee, told me we had taken long north of Drocourt and 10,000 prisoners. Great relief and thankfulness. September the 4th, 1918. The collection of blackberries began in my pump room. A few of the hundred baskets arrived. Oceans of BB juice flowing all over the floor. To go to Whitchurch Hants by train. Helped all I could. September the 6th, 1918. News very good. List of 150 U-boats and the captain's names we have sunk. And that is not all, but enough. Most impressive. The worthy Ebden brought in a ton of coal to my great relief. September the 7th, 1918. News very good. A new world. In pony cart to Mrs Dyer, Mrs Ryle and Drysdale. Took Mrs Kitson. After pleasant talk and tea, Mrs Kit and I walked by Melplash Court. Fresh, warm wind, lovely. Saw a pair of wheat ears, brown body, grey breast, white back, edged with black. September the 12th, 1918. Half a ton of blackberries collected by the school children in four days to be made into jam for soldiers on the front. My pump room is full of 28 pound baskets and hampers and the stone floor indelibly stained with the juice. The children get paid threepence a pound for their efforts. In 1918, the year the world changed, Lady Mary is played by Margie Barber, with other voices by Alastair Nisbet. The podcast is a screenplay production for the project Voices from 1918, funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. Music is from Elgar's Violin Sonata in E minor, Opus 82, performed by Viviane Hagner and Tatiana Goncharova at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Coming up in part two... Railway Strikers in Dorchester, Dinner with the Dorset MP, and Austria, Turkey and Bulgaria out of the war.